This is Bigger Than the Game with Dermy Dove and Jose Ruiz. Welcome to Bigger Than the Game with Dermy and Jose. I'm Dermy Dove. I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the notorious J-O-S-E. Oh, that's right. Tell him. Mr. Jose Ruiz, what's going on, man? What's going on, my brother? Darren B. Dove, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, it's our first episode back since the 100th episode, and I uh, I know you've gotten the same thing. You've got a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people, you know, showed love and support for that, and uh, I really appreciate that, man. I know you do, too. It was, uh, it was a special one for all the things we said, and you know, it's kind of weird because I still kind of was riding the high from that. You know, it's good to yeah. be back in the booth, you know, because we got a lot more work to do. We're not done yet, but it was uh, I really appreciate a lot of people gave us a lot of uh, nice words and um, it, it was really special. Yeah, it was cool to hear. And again, I appreciate it, too. Like you said, there me. And yeah, it was just a it was just a really fun episode. It was just from the heart. It was not too much like research that needed to be involved in that. It was just more of like me and you coming in here and. And doing our thing, man, like we've been doing those past 100 episodes. And we were both excited to come in here and do it. I think that came out, you know, um, on the show. But we're just as excited to do this episode as well. Well, because, you know, it's been it's been three weeks since our last episode. And that was due to you know, people sickness, bad weather. But, you know, we were planning on doing this last week, but those things happened. But, Jose, uh, uh, anniversary is sad and tragic but it's it's one that sticks in a lot of people's minds even casual hip-hop fan casual pop culture fans they know march 9th 97 and you know the other week was the 25th anniversary of the you know the assassination the murder of notorious big and for someone who has two albums two was alive for only one of them the impact he's made 25 years later still that he has throughout hip-hop, that he has throughout music, throughout pop culture, is still just as powerful. And we just couldn't, even though we're a week behind, he's that big of a figure that it doesn't matter if we were a month behind, nope. we're going to do this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been talking about this episode, too, for a little while. And we we did it with, you know, when we remembered Tupac and we did that episode and that just kind of triggered something in us. And we were like, man, we got to do this a little more. You know what I mean? Like, we, I, obviously, we're a sports podcast, but we love social stuff. We love we love a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? It's not just sports. And we, we finished that episode and we were like, all right. we Like, it was so meat on that bone as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, we were like. And that's the thing. You're right. It was, um, we were like, it was like a bonus one. And we were like, right. we could have done more for someone as big as Tupac. It was a bonus one. And uh, if you heard us on our 100th. Or if you're a fan, if we, we have done pop culture episodes because right. we do love that. So whether it's TV, movies, and music. So that's why, you know, we're still sports history, but we want to show a little bit more of that as well, those yeah. other things, because that's who we are. That's what we love. And Biggie Small is definitely something that we both love. Yeah, sports is our, in our culture, but so is pop culture. So is all of this. You know what I mean? Like, And we definitely want to wanna add that to you know, to our repertoire or whatever, like when it comes to all these episodes. So when we, when we did that episode, I remember we were driving, you know, we were driving home, Jeremy was giving me a ride and, you know, I was already thinking like when it comes to like Biggie, we got to, we got to, we got to do an episode all just like that. So we figured, you know, we wanted to do the same thing. 
Um, so go ahead, Taylor. Do what you do, man. So let me ask you, Jose. This is my man right here, man. Got the 10 Crack Commandments to start off. This is my man right here. So let me ask you, what's your first memories of Biggie Smalls? Oh, that's easy. That's very easy, man. I can remember Ready to Die came out and I was in high school. You know what I mean? Like I was in high school and we were all walking around with those big ass Walkmans on (laughs) and, and, you know, and I, I can remember, I remember the guy who put me on to Biggie, my man Lou. And he was listening to him, and he that's all he had. That's all he would listen to, you know. And, you know, I can remember, you know, he passed me his, his headphones and stuff, and we were, I was listening, man, and I was like, man, like, I got I to gotta get this, you know what I mean? So I went and got it, and I, I, I probably played it nonstop for months, you know what I mean, like, for a couple months. And it was just, there's a difference from, like, being, like, lyrical, which is, obviously what a lot of hip-hop artists try to be but he's also like a great storyteller and what he was talking about is what we were honestly what i was living you know what i mean like and where i was from and it it just it just resonated with me man and it just he had me hooked from day one you know what i'm saying and you know i was listening to it all my friends were listening to it where i grew up at any car that drove by was playing that and it was just like man like this dude like he's the best man you know what i mean and i i truly feel like in my if you ask me this is my number one guy right here you know what i mean like and and that's easy for me to answer and that's the thing he's number one and it's it's a i heard shay serrano on his podcast say it but other people have said it many times before when you do a top five list for hip-hop you have to almost say no biggie because that makes it too easy yeah yeah and there's no what that's where you know and that's the equivalent of you know in the NBA, like the great, all right, not not MJ. Uh, other than Jordan, yeah, other than Jordan, who the other who's five? the greatest player of yeah. all time, and to do that with two albums, right? To do that, really, Biggie's around like not even quite five years. You know, late '92, and then by early '97, he's gone. Right. So like within like a four and a half year span to have this kind of impact, and he's just, it's right now this anniversary is the same as what I said for the Tupac episode. Biggie would have been 25 in May of 97. He gets killed March 9th. And this last week was the 25th anniversary. So now we're like equaled. You know, he's been dead as long as he was alive. And him and Tupac, and I think it blows my mind. And they're not the only ones. You look at, you know, in music, the 27 Club, you know, with Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, you know, people like that. But it's like the impact that they made in such short amount of time right and we're both way over 20 you know 25 but it's like man i'm like i'm what have i done the past few years you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and the, they have changed the genre they've impacted pop culture throughout america and throughout the world guys like big big in tupac and for it to be that short a time and that young it's something that i think about all the time with people and it blows my mind like because it, it feels like they have so much material out there that they were around for 10 years, but it was that short of time that we had Biggie really that we knew him. Yeah, it's 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 amazing the impact that he's had on hip hop and still has. And you'll still hear his songs being trying to be remixed and his voice being added onto music. And it's just it's an amazing thing to really, really sit down and, and think about. And, you know, again, like I know you asked me what was my first memory. Jeremy, I wanted to ask you the same thing, man. Like, what was your like first memory or first time you remember listening to? No, nah, I was Biggie? a kid. It was that summer of '95, and there's a few songs, and we'll you know we'll get into songs later. But there's a few songs that you know Biggie was the song of the summer, and one more chance. 
yeah. that got released for, you know, Ready to Die, that album, one of the greatest albums in music history, not just hip-hop history. That song resonated. You know, it became, you got the, you're trying to tape it. So we're trying to tape when we hear Power 99, yeah. Philly 1 3.9 back in the day, all those. You, you hear that song, and me and my brother would try to get like a cassette and tape it so we could have it on that, the boombox. For, for you young guys, I don't yeah. know. All right, let me just jump in real quick. That was a struggle right there, man. You know what I mean? Like, try to cut out the commercials and, you know, try to hit play at, at the same, like, unpause it and make sure you catch. Super struggle. I used to do that with music videos, too. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, record, like, Yo! MTV raps or, like, you know, whatever other shows that were on there. But, no, I... I feel your There's pain two that. songs that were hard to get. We always were kept missing them or something. It wouldn't work. It was one more chance, and then big pun. We, we and not the the remixed. You know, not a player. I just crushed a lot. Like that original one. The original one was the like, shit. That's yeah. like just as good and kind of like better. People forget about it. Yeah. And we would always hear that. And one of the stations on the weekends at like ten o'clock would play it. It was a race to be like, all right, we got it. And then go like you had to hit it and watch it, and we always were mess. We finally got them, but both those songs that they, I always remember them because it was like it probably was like probably looking back, you know, your kid like a a week or two, but it felt like the whole summer. Yeah, I was chasing that song, trying to have it, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. But that was my first thing, and just honestly seeing a guy, you know, I was thinking about this, and it's a good thing, you know, we hear today body positivity. Yeah. Which is a good thing. It's important. I, I I'm glad. And to me, I'm like, I don't think we give credit to where it's due. Where Biggie was that first guy. He was a big dude, but there was never a time where I looked at him and was like, Oh, this big dude gets all the ladies. Right. This big dude's the man. It was like that didn't matter. It was like, and he, you know, in his rhyme would talk about it. he was self deprecating. He talked about his size, the big lips, and all that. But then I saw Biggie. It was like, no, he's the man. Yeah, he. He's, I'm not, it's not like, oh, Biggie's with this girl, Biggie's with Faith Evans. It was like, yeah, Biggie's with Faith Evans. Like, it yeah. was normal. And I don't think we talk about that, that it was like, you know, you got like before, you got like the fat boys and, and you know, whether it was Fat Albert or everybody else in pop culture, if you were a big guy, your size was yeah. like the laughing, you know, the punchline. Where Biggie, that wasn't it. It was just, hey, he's a smooth dude. Like, and I don't think we talk about that where like, leading it for like a lot of people now like now that's a positive thing and it's great but biggie was doing that back in the 90s like oh absolutely man and then you can see the transition right like it, it was really like awesome to see and what he did was you know obviously he transitioned from someone who was on the streets and you know was doing whatever he was doing on there to you know like looking a certain way like a little more rugged and all that to from that until like Someone who was like dressed up really nice and some really nice sunglasses. Like he made you want to do that. You know what I mean? Like he made you want to go from looking like a, the way you used to look to now. I got to look a little better now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I was dude. Like everybody like laughs at like puffs in them shiny suits. Man, I remember guest jeans were all shiny, dude. I was wearing them, man. Like and and there's gonna be a couple dudes listening to this episode. Y'all were wearing them too, so I don't want to hear that, man. Them, <laughs> those pencil pocket guest jeans, but. Like he just did that to you, you know what I mean? Like he he had me buying Coogee sweaters when I had no business buying Coogee sweaters. <laughs> like he just he made you want to do that. He made you want to look clean, and and it was just through that music, man. Like it was just you know swimming in women with my own condominium. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it was just yep. like it, 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 it. He was he was awesome, man.
And that's the thing. And there's nobody to me like that who lyrically, not with, you know, the advent of music. You know, Vicky was around for music videos because to me, you know, he has one of the greatest of all time, you know, and hypnotized. So, uh, you know, Biggie was around, yeah. but lyrically, he's painting a Scorsese film. All the time, man. And that's something that, that lyrically, I'm picture, I can see everything. I don't need a music video. I can see it. Right. And that's something that is just so hard to do. And to me, no one before or since. And there's there's been good storytellers before Biggie and stuff like that, but he is the king of that, where he is painting that picture and you see it. You see everything. And I think... For me, a big thing is also where we talk about with, you know, there's always, they're they're linked together. Just like Shaq and Kobe are, yep. uh, Pac and Biggie are going to be linked together forever. You know, what could have been, you know, we can't avoid that. That's that's the first paragraph that we talk about is that rivalry and yep. the tragedy of it. But, you know, we talk about Tupac's, that social aware, the things he talked about, Biggie doesn't get enough credit for that. Biggie doesn't get talked about that. He was, you know, the son of the Reagan era, of Reaganomics, of the crack epidemic, and he was a product of that growing up in Bed-Stuy and what he did, and he's telling that story about it, and he's talking about political figures and, you know, not giving a damn and doing all these things. And to me, you look at Biggie talking about mental health. People don't bring that up a lot, that he was talking about that, and you have that dichotomy with him, and that's the innovation that like to me gets lost that I feel people give to Tupac, but to me it's like Biggie was doing that and it's contra- Biggie was doing it better honestly, uh, in my in, opinion. In my opinion too, and you know, if you know me, like again, I talked about it in our, in our Pac episode, like I'm not he was great, you know what I'm saying, I'm not going to sit here and say I was the biggest Tupac fan me you neither. know what I mean, like so um but I'm going to sit here and say I was a big Biggie fan. You know what I mean? And and I know when all that like West Coast, East Coast, West Coast stuff started happening and, you know, the media was really pushing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, no, I'm I'm East Coast. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like a dumbass teenager. And, you know, but I felt that, man, because I love what you talked about, too. Like him, like, you know, that storytelling and all that. Like, you know, that song, I got a story to tell. I can picture that whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, I can picture every single thing that he's talking about. Like, I've seen the video, and it's not even I've seen the video. I just, I've seen it in my mind. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and the way he says it and breaks it down, it's just, it's funny. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like you're there, with, you're like, you're talking to a friend of yours, you know what I mean, that you grew up with, and it's more of like, this is what happened. I have, I got a story to tell. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and this, check this out. This happened to me last night. How many times have you done that with the friend of yours? How many times we've done that? Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, dude, like last night, man, check this out. And <laughs> and it's like, and that song was more of like a conversation other than a song. And it's just, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh, the song's over. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. damn. Like, I wonder what happened after that. Like, it, it you have to be a master at your craft to, to be able to do something like that, man. And Taylor, if you want to run all those beats, dude, you can go ahead and do that, man. Yeah. That's fine, man. There you go, man. Let's do that, man. But it, you're, you're, you're totally right with that, man. And it's just, honestly, I'm looking at it. Um, man, this is badass, right? Here. Oh, I love, I love this song. It's great. Man. There's something different. This I don't goes know. out to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something that you have to look at, honestly, with a lot of people. I get it. Tupac's charismatic. Tupac's controversial. He was a lightning rod in so many ways. But, you know, the conversations that I've had with people over the years, you know, when he was alive and since he's been gone is you find there's like a people. I'm not saying I totally agree with it, but I see where they're coming from a hypocrisy 
where you hear Brenda's got a baby, and then you, you get like, how right. do you want it? And then it's like, uh, which I one get around, are you? I get around. Yeah, it's like, yeah. who are you? Where I don't get that with Biggie. Nah. I think there's the dichotomy of that inner struggle with him, where you have a juicy, where he's trying to, hey, I'm coming up, like, hey, all those people who said I wouldn't make it, I'm making it. But then you have those songs, like a suicidal thoughts, where he's talking about the mental health and talking, you know, where he's at with everything like that. So, you know, or, or everyday struggle. That song. Another great one. So the, all those things, I don't feel like it was a hypocrisy. I feel like that was him, that he was constantly fighting those demons of, hey, people said I was overweight, I was fat, big lip, never going to make it, not going to do anything. I'm trying to do something, I'm trying to do right, but I still have those thoughts inside of me. I still have those things that I did before I, you know, started making music. I still have those as a part of me, too. And I'm, I, they're both equal who Christopher Wallace is. Right, they and equal it, the man, and it's and it's a story that you hear all the time, right? It's a, I mean, because you know, obviously looking back, it's different now, but you know, a good kid from a really rough neighborhood that the streets just got him. You know what I'm saying? Like single mother, like mom tried to get him, you know, keep him out of trouble. It's just sometimes you can't, like you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's it's happened to it's happened to me. It's happened to a bunch of my friends. Like, it's just. That's that's life sometimes in, in, in like the inner city like that. It's like no matter how you were raised, like the streets, sometimes they just get you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you and it's a you want to be a part of all that stuff. And that's exactly what happened. He was in Catholic school. You know what I'm saying? Like he was a good kid, smart kid. But again, like, you know, he saw all his friends doing what they were doing. He wanted to be a part of that. And I get that. And I can totally always relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's what happened but to me when I was a kid. The thing is, though, there's not saying we don't take accountability from people. But, you know, and I give Justin Tinsley, who's a writer for The Undefeated, and he wrote some good articles. He's got a book coming out about Biggie coming up real soon and talking about, like, looking at Ready to Die dropped around the same time as the 94 crime bill, the same day. And it's a great article. You know, I know Jack Silverstein, a friend of the show, he posted it as well as we did on our Twitter pages. Um, But that's the dichotomy of it. You know, the product of the crack epidemic and, you know, I remember Chris Rock saying this where he's like, even if you didn't do it, you still felt like you were a crack addict because it was just everywhere. It was all around you. Right. And you knew it hit your family, hit your friend's family. So even if you weren't on it, it still felt like you you were yeah, a part of it. Yeah, you're buying shit off people on the streets because you know it's from somebody that they, yeah. whatever. Like, it's, he, just, it's just, it was there. It's and there. so th- th- we have to realize that, that he's a product of that. And this crime bill, you know, you look at what's going on in New York, even Giuliani's taking over. Right. And we know what a lot happens and, you know, it, where he's at now and his legacy. But what he was doing in New York, he's going after the quote unquote mob. But a lot of stop and frisk and a lot of things were coming. He's going to clean the streets and everything. And Biggie talks about that. He talks about that. So it's just, you know, it's honestly just something that he does a beautiful job of painting. And I see bed Yeah. And before I've been there, I have, you know, family who's there before I ever went there. I saw it because of how he described it. Right. And right. that's the beauty of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what we were talking about. And and again, not too many people can do that. Like there was some look, man, like I love Jay-Z. I love Nas. You know, I got a friend of mine, man, my man Duck. We talk about the top, you know, our top yeah. three. He's like a huge Nas guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's fine. Like, I'm a big Jay-Z guy, too. Like, I, I love Jay-Z, man. I love the style. I love how he was just cool, calm, and collected, like, with the way he did everything, man. But there was a difference of, like, 
Like Biggie had it all though. Mm-hmm. You know what Gold I mean? Package. Like the, the the whole thing. Like he was cool, calm, collected. He was you can you knew he was from the streets, so what he was talking about was real for the most part. You know, all this stuff can't be hundred percent real, but you know, like you felt it, man. Like you knew what was going on. You knew he was cool with the ladies. Like you can just see that. Like, you know, his style changed right in front of our eyes from a guy who's gritty from the streets to like a true player dude. Like, you know what I mean? Wearing suits and Versace glasses. Like, I didn't know what the hell that was before listening to him and puff and all these guys talk about that like it was nobody where i grew up wearing versace like (laughs) yeah i didn't see that shit like so it's just like like the stuff that you're talking about like how he was speaking on all this stuff and again like a lot of the people that were listening to his music were living in best Style, but we were living in north philly and it was the same stuff that he was talking about like so it, it was just it was so relatable and so real that you had no choice not to love it man like you know what i'm saying like and it was just that's what exactly what it was i know it was for me like it was just i i love the the stuff he was talking about i love the music and again like you know he can do like the gritty like you know who shot you right mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying like and then he can go one more chance and do all that other stuff but it wasn't it didn't feel like like you were talking about with tupac it didn't feel like like what are you it was like no this dude's all of it you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like and it, it's that's a beautiful thing man yeah and, that's and, what separates a lot for him from him to like from right. the jay-z Nas and all that and that's a th- and like uh his great point is he's a full package right right he's he does it all like you can hear Nas, right and you can hear all that like crazy shit he talks about then you'll do like uchi wally and it's like eh, that doesn't that don't even seem like you you know what i'm saying like that doesn't even fit you but Biggie, it was different. Well, Biggie did crossover pop, and to me, he made that really happen, like in gangster rap, because we saw the Super Bowl. It was a celebration of the West Coast, and right. hey, for those who were younger, don't know that's what was running it. When you look at late '92 till about '94, really, when this album came out, and he really kind of brought it back. Like you saw, like a lot of those albums, you know, the Chronic. Doggy style, Doggy they, style, they were the yeah. ones taking over. They were, they it, it was, they took over. You know, they had that little run, and then I know you got, you mentioned Nas. Nas had Illmatic in '94, yeah, Wu Tang Six Chambers yeah. '93. So you had some East Coasters gaining it, but Ready to Die '94 brought the the power dynamic yeah. back. You know what I mean? It brought it back. It's like Yankees, Red Sox, and you get that big signing. You get this player coming over. Yeah. Biggie's this album, he took it back. And we know what happened at that 95 Source Awards yeah. that really took this off. But this album was something. And to me, there was something where he was mastering. And we got to give credit, you know, he's Diddy now. But he was, this great. But he was Puff Daddy back then. But they were a good duo. Yeah, and you gotta give him credit. I mean, you gotta give credit, and I know he annoys me too. To I'm not. An I'm not the biggest Puff fan. I have my theories on Puff too, and what happened here, but whatever. I give him credit for he saw he was smart. Yeah, and you know, for him to get fired, you know, for those who don't know, he was with Uptown Right, and Biggie was an artist there. He gets fired, but he saw that talent and said, "I'm I'm taking you with me." Yeah, and it did help. You know, Juicy Biggie didn't want Juicy as that first single. I give, I'm gonna call him Puff. That's what he Puff, was. We're then. calling him Puff today. You yeah. know, he. I give Puff credit because that was that was his suggestion, and that was yeah. the right thing to kind of introduce him to be that first lead single for Ready to Die. So I mean, they were a duo, and now I do think Sugar's right. Puff was all up in the videos, dancing too much. Absolutely, but but it worked though. It worked for they were a duo. It definitely worked. Yeah. That's that's to me, you know, in the '90s. 
you had Farley and Spade. It was it was Puff and Biggie were kind of <laughs> like that to yeah, me, you know, yeah. a little bit. Like they had that that comedic duo, like there was the two of them together. So um, and, you know, they kind of helped with making. You know, especially life after death with Ready to Die, that crossover. It was gangster rap, yeah, but also it was radio appeal. That I feel like the West Coast rappers were kind of, yeah, they it, was ga- it, it, it was gangster rap. They, it it was. wasn't really like the radio. You couldn't like mix it too much both, and that's where a lot of like the outcry came from. Biggie was mastering that. Yeah, oh, he he mastered it for sure, man. And because again, like we talk about life after death, now you see all this radio stuff, all this dance and stuff come out with Hypnotize and um, I'm trying to think of the other one. Um, ah, whatever. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get it in a minute. But all these like party songs and not that he didn't have party songs before, but it was just more of like, all right, now now he's like taking off to another level with this album. And it was just like, it was like hit after hit. No after, money, more problems, stuff that's, like that. That's the one. Yep, that's the one I'm talking about. And it was just like hit after hit after hit. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it was like it was hypnotized, and then more money, more problems. Like it was like boom, boom, mm-hmm. came right out. And it was like th- with those two albums, and then the, what the rest of that album had, like with, uh, Life After Death, man, it was just so powerful, man. That album too is like, man. There's so there's so many different ways that he came out on that album. It was just in incredible man incredible to listen to and a lot of times that first album it's like that's the one like because if you think about it, like my for me my favorite artist is like i always think of that first album you know what i'm saying that it's the best one like dmx i feel like that first album is the because it's the first time i've heard it right. so that immediately for me is the best album life after death is it's the better album in my opinion oh like, over ready to die yeah see yeah. I'm, I'm ready to die over life after death i love it, it's like one and one a but i don't know for me it was just like just all the it was just a lot of hits on life after death i think life after death what helped it obviously but what hurts it for me too is i think it was a it's not as raw which is okay yeah, yeah. but it's also the fact that like he was gone and that kind of loomed over it for me and it yeah. still does honestly it was like he never even experienced the success of this album you know, five days after Hypnotize is released, he's gunned down. Yeah. So I think that's where it's a great album. I don't take that away. Man. But I think with the comparison between the two of them, it kind of hurts for those two reasons. And I think that the second one's the bigger one. It's just like it, it's bittersweet. Where the like where the first ready to die is like what else can come? Like I can't yeah. wait to see what you're going to do. Here it's like this is it. This is what we get. Yeah, I mean, ready to don't get me wrong. Like, ready to die is one of my favorite albums, but I, I just feel like he hit on so many things. You know what I'm saying? And with uh, the 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 beats keep like throwing me off, but um, like he he just hit on so many songs on that. Ready to die had a couple songs where I just you know it's easy for me to skip over, but I mean, still it, it's an amazing really? album. See, I'm different. Ready to die, it's like boom boom. Ready to die no, just look, hits look, I'm harder. Not, I'm I hear you, man. Like I'm not shitting on it. Please. Whoever's listening, <laughs> my brother Jeremy, look, I'm not shitting on Ready to Die. I love Ready to Die, but I just, for me, I, I like Life After no, Death I, a little better. There's no wrong one. Like, there's no, like, what are you talking about? Like, they're both two classics, um, for sure. So I got to give that to it. And even but. my top five is a split with both, obviously both albums, but it's, it's a split almost. Oh, wow. See, my top five is not. There's not a split. I wish, but... I can't. Well, that's why we're here today. That's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to get schooled a little bit. <laughs> I don't know about that one. We'll see. We'll see. We'll let the people decide. There the you people go. will there decide it. 
but is there I, sometimes I hate this because everybody's an individual and we do it in sports you know where it's like Kobe's similar to Michael but they're still different guys right when I see that as people but even as players and so I hate to see it but as Biggie but I'm going to say it because it, it, I think it's a good one for this is he the is he the ultimate unicorn in hip hop hmm that's tough. That's tough. Um, I, I'm leaning towards yes. I think Jay Z is very close. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it was a very they, they were very similar in the styles. Um, I think Biggie was a better storyteller. You know what I mean? Like it, it's very I don't know. It's very close. But um, I'm trying to think of like even guys before him, like a Rock Him, like you know what I'm saying, somebody like that. But that was just all hardcore, like you know what I'm saying, like with Rock Him, Big Daddy Kane, that had a lot of dance stuff. But I'm not comparing Big Daddy Kane to to Biggie at all. But I would say Jay Z would be the closest to me. You know what I mean? Like I I I love Nas too. Like lyrically, Nas might be better than everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't know. I don't think there's not too. If it's not Jay Z, it's nobody else. I think he's the ultimate. And it's not. It's, I think lyrically he's that. I don't think anyone has the tool. Jay Z's not the storytelling. He's not as funny. Where Biggie has a com- comedic thing yeah, where like he yeah. cracks you up. Um, the intense Jay Z can't bring that intensity like Biggie brings it. Yeah, to me. he's like too smooth. Yeah, like, he's too chill. Yeah, yeah, where Biggie's giving you he's Don Corleone, but he's also Luke Cabrazzi in some of these songs too. <laughs> yeah. Where he's out there, he's in the battle too. Yeah. Where Jay Z's always, which you know we love that about him, but he was always like I'm. He's not mixing it up. He's like the general. And then also, it was very hard to relate to Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? Like because it was like immediately, like as soon as he came out, it was like you know reasonable doubt. It was. You know, I have a lot of money. Like I, I couldn't relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Like at that, especially early on in my age, like it, I can relate to, you know, like, like give me the loot. You know what I'm saying? Like I can relate to that song before I can relate to any of that Jay Z stuff. Like, because he was like at another level, I would say. Well, they both had this in common, and when they kind of met up in the studio, and they both didn't write nothing down it was off the head, which is another like crazy. It's thing amazing to think for about. both of them. I'm like, and this is. Not a knock. It's a compliment to both, but I'm really complimenting Biggie. Jay-Z sounds like it's off the top of his head. Yeah. Biggie sounds like he wrote it. Like, it's just like, a, it's like just the, the flow of it, the, the beats of it, it. Like, the simplicity, yet the way he delivers it comes out like so, you know, just in your face. It sounds like he wrote that down, but then it's like, oh, he did it off the top of the dome. Like, that made it more impressive because it's, like you said, that relatability where it's like, you can't do it, but you're like, could I write something? Because like some of them are like basic lines, yeah, yeah. But only he could deliver them and make them that, you know. You know, we look at Warren, the way he starts. Who else starts off? Who the fuck is like? That's how the song starts. Yeah. <laughs> Paging me at five forty six in the morning. And who doesn't? Dog. And, who doesn't, rhyme and who doesn't know that? Who doesn't know that line right there? That one bar, like not too many don't. Like I, I've hung out with girls who knew that. Like I've hung out with like all types of people people in school like at work that people why wouldn't like my a lot of people know that hook man and it's it's insane but you look at it if you if we back in the 90s you and i jose you know we're hanging out he's like i got this line he writes it and i'm reading he's like read it who the fuck is this paging me at 5 46 in the morning crack of dawn and now i'm young i be i read it i go yeah you're rhyming but it sounds kind of like 
nursery and you're gonna do it to this beat i'd be like i don't know if that's gonna work jose only biggie can make that work because it has like a, like a nursery rhyme kind of yeah. like thing yep. but then it's hard as hell like only he could do that everybody else even if you came up with it i'd be like i don't think it's gonna you ain't gonna hit this like uh nah biggie could do that like that's that's the specialness of him like to me yeah no it was it's amazing song i i, I love warning um but again, like you said, like to open up that way and then you can and who can't relate to that? You know what I'm saying? Back in that day, like, you know what I mean? Like waking up, like, who the hell is this calling me? Like, who the hell? Like at this time of the day, like and then you're like all pissed off. And it's like next thing you know, you get in a whole nother story of some dudes calling you like, look, man, this yeah. is going on. These dudes are trying to get you like and then it's like, oh, I'm right back here. Like, I know exactly what they're talking about. And and then I can sit there and like listen to the song and just think like, like, like on the phone, like who the hell? No, that's my man. Like he's not gonna do that. No, not them. Like you yeah, know what I mean? You like it. yeah, you can see and all that's of that's how it goes. Right. Someone's warning me. Yeah. Someone told me, so now I'm telling you. And yeah. it's like, and that's like, damn. Yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. That's you know that's how it really goes. Yeah. You get that tip off. Like how'd you hear it? Now I ain't gonna tell you. Someone told me, and I'm gonna tell you now. Now you, yeah. what you gonna do with it? Yeah. My hands are clean now. Like I gave you the info. How you gonna handle it? Is like he's painting it out. A lot of people didn't know that. They didn't know, like, that's how it goes down, kind of, like, right there. Which is a lot of times how they, that's uh, how information, absolutely. but how that happens. Absolutely. People, yeah, people, streets are always talking. Oh, yeah. So he, he painted that picture for a lot of people. So I, I you know, it, that's what makes him special to me, honestly. It's just, he has every tool. He can do it all. And I'll get, you know, I guess let's get into the top five songs, man. Like, is there anything else you want to get into before that? Well, one thing, and it's like, even listening to this beat, right? Like, it's more like, there's always been samples of music, right? People have been doing it since day one. But I feel like when Bad Boy and Biggie and Puff, they put it out there, man. It was just like with Juicy, with like so many different samples that they just made it. They made history with that stuff, man. You know what I mean? And again, like, I know... They, people have been doing it before them and they're doing it today you know what i'm saying like but i i just i for me i couldn't remember like hearing anything like that until like biggie and them came out with it and it was just like such a totally different thing and it it, it, it was just for me like that's the one thing i think about when i think about that era as well of like bad boy and all that like it was just like all the remixes and like the samples they would use and how they would just switch it up and how he would come on and just and just make it like a grimy album when you're listening to this though like it, it's just again just that, that's another thing like a yeah a notch on this belt that i just wanted to add it's on a notch there. on there yeah i give like i said i know you don't and he it's annoying too but that was a puff thing um for those if you like music podcast uh there's a honestly it was a recent episode about the history of the remix um it's a hip it's called hip parade it's a slate podcast and they did a two-parter about the history of the remix and like you said there you know stuff before uh but a big jump to it was what bad boy records did right in the 90s so that's a great point man it, it is true like they took that to another level yeah absolutely man they they made they made hits <laughs> they did and the thing is like i said it's crazy like he it's like a four four and a half year run right honestly you know i honestly 92 he's emerging you see him yeah, you around hear, you there. You heard about him. You yeah. hear about him. He's stretching Bobito and all that stuff. 93, then he starts coming on some bad boy stuff. Yeah, and he was on um, with Party and Bullshit. I think that came out 
Yeah. 92, 93. Like 93. And then, you know, he kills, you know, Craig Mack, R.I.P., flavoring year. But then Biggie does that remix. And then. <sighs> That's another hook. Like yeah. another, like, who doesn't know that? You know what I'm saying? The beginning of flavoring your ear, man. Nah. I get more butts than ashtrays. Like, I'm, I remember I used to listen to, I used to hang out with my brother-in-law years ago. And every time that would come on, he would just crack up. And he's oh, like, yo, yeah. he's like, you don't think that's funny? Like, and I used to be like, dude, I think it's hilarious. Oh, man. yeah, like, yeah. And it's, it's just, that's the man right there, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you do when you got skills like that. And for our listeners, I did not know that this beat no, was I didn't coming know. up next. I, I didn't know that's either. That's perfect timing, by the way. I had no idea. Taylor, he, he can be a witness to that. Yeah, I had no clue. But... That was a perfect segue right there. Yeah. <laughs> we had the flavoring year beat coming on. But do you want to start? I remember we go back and forth, but for your top five Biggie songs. Yeah, I can start. That's fine. All right. And you- I, I just want to say this, and you hear us talking about this on this show, me and Jeremy, all the time, how hard it was to stop and make and just have a five of these, whatever we're talking about, right, this list. This was extremely, extremely hard. This is probably... This is probably the hardest top five I've done. You know what I mean? Like I know, mm, I know that's that big statement. It is because I know that thirty for thirty episode we did. Check the archives. Check that was difficult. This one here, man, it was so much, man. Because again, I'm just going through like my childhood, listen, looking at all these albums, listening to these albums. I started listening to them again, and it was just like, oh, that one right there. I got to put that on there. Oh, that one right there. I remember when I heard this, like where I was at. Like this was very difficult. Um, so I, I'll start. I, I'll start with my fifth number five right mm-hmm. and it's uh it's on um life after death it's it's a collaboration with him and the locks who he had tons of influence on huge and if he like you know if he doesn't pass away march 9th you know the locks and biggie were going to make some beautiful music man for the next yeah. 10 years you know what i'm saying we still see what the locks and jada kiss are still doing to this day you know what i'm saying like so for me, number five is the last day. Okay. Like I, I love the last day. I love like I think all four of them killed it. I mean, I, I love the locks too. Like I love the locks. We are the streets album is one of my favorite albums. But when Biggie comes on, like, who the fuck's wanna squeeze my desities makes MCs freeze? Like, it's just like damn, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they it was like each member of the locks killed it with their like, you know, with their part of the song. And then here comes Biggie and just like and just ends the song. You know what I'm saying? Like with the, with the one of the most hardest verses I've ever heard, man. And the beat is just is, is just nasty, man. It's just such a. It's just to me, it's like one of it's one of it's an amazing song. It's one of my favorite songs. Not only just a big song, one of my favorite songs of all time. So, for me, my number five, last day. No, that's a great song, and I agree. The locks, and I feel like when they had the versus battle over the dip set, it was funny because I remember talking to people and I go, Dipset can't touch the lock. Oh, this I is don't a even, mismatch. Yeah, this is, yeah. Before it happened and then it became a mismatch for so many reasons and the locks, you know, all these years later, they took a pandemic and versus, you know, a versus battle for the locks but also, for me, most importantly, Jada Kiss, who was one of the great MCs oh, ever. Ever. And to yeah. me, was one of the most overlooked, most underrated MCs for like the longest time. You know, Jada Kiss killed Fabulous on a on a, yep. a versus back in 2020. And I was like, and I like Fabulous, but I'm like, that's unfair. Yeah. And so to me, I agree with you. That's a great song. And I agree. The Biggie and the Locks, but specifically Biggie and Jada Kiss, that's a duo that if Biggie would have lived longer, that would have been, they would have made a lot of legendary tracks together. I could feel it. Yo, absolutely. And they, 
and they were all, I mean they were with Bad Boy because of Biggie mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like and I know I know Biggie he was you know there was rumors that he wanted he was going to start his own label and that's why I like that Puffy connection for me gets a little cloudy at that point but I'm not here to point any fingers you know what I'm saying like but I know 100% the locks would have been like all right well we're you know we're signing with you big he would have took Junior Mafia like it would have just been there wouldn't have been no bad boy you know what I'm saying like so yeah the locks one of my favorite groups last day number five okay number five for me I'm sticking with that same album Life After Death and I'm gonna go with the song that for me I think it's summer of 97 I watch this video every single day multiple (laughs) times a day that summer, I think it's one of the great music videos of all time. Absolutely. One of the greatest, but I got to go with Hypnotize, which I think is one of the ultimate party songs. Um, and also, Dan Patrick's show did this last week where they're like, name your like happy songs. And to me, they're different. A dance song and a happy song is different. Yeah. Hypnotize is both. Yeah. I get happy when I hear it, but it also makes me want to get up and dance too. Yeah. And when that beat drops... That's the second time, and I did not. I swear, people listening, I did not know that was coming. I'm not looking at it. Taylor's over there DJing, man. But when that beat drops, who doesn't get high? I've never seen a place that does. I mean, Biggie's funeral when they're driving through Brooklyn and they played this. It's an amazing scene, and man. you go from people just crying, and then when this one, it becomes like one of the biggest block parties you ever saw. And that's the power of Biggie as a person, as a performer. Also, the power of this song. It gets yeah. you going. And so, my number five is hypnotized it's a great song you know we can't go wrong with this you know what i'm saying like we uh, i don't care what songs you have in your top five i'm going to like the songs i think vice versa yeah um hypnotized an amazing album amazing record i mean and um you know again this was one of those records that made me want to get dressed like look nice you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like and whatever little phony watch i had on i was waving it in the sky side to side like you know what i'm saying like and it's just because of Biggie, man, and this song and this video. This video was amazing. I'm in the car, like, in Versace shirts. And it's just, it's it's like, it's like a fantasy, man, for us. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that I wanted to live and I couldn't, but they were. And they were putting it out there famously. And real quick before you get to your, your fourth one, a lot of times for me, when a video is great, it's hard to separate it. We're like, you know, now for younger right. people, music videos aren't the thing that they were for a long time. Where this has no problem. I don't need the, the music videos like a bonus. I can be honest. I've heard this song all the time. I haven't sat down and watched this video. In, it's been years. Yeah. But I still know it step by step because I saw it so many damn times back in 97 and all that. But I mean, even at that, like the whole the storytelling, the acting. When they go big and puff, see the you know that that black Hummer and an yeah. oh shit, yeah. And they're driving. I mean, that's the coolest thing. Puff driving backwards and big rhyming like it, the video does it. But then I don't need the music video. You know, certain songs. I ain't gonna lie. Even like I love Michael, but like Thriller, it's like I love Thriller, but like I want that music video. I yeah. want to see like the, the yeah. Red sometimes leather. a video escalates the song. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you can't separate them. But this I could separate. The video's great, but the song by itself, I'm good too. So for me, number five, Hypnotize. And one thing about the Hypnotize video, and I, I'll shut up with this, but is that big-ass smile Biggie had on through that video, man. Like, in dancing, and shit, his, his smile was it was crazy, man. It was just like, man, this dude is, like, happy as hell right it now. Yeah, it's what know? hurts it. It's what hurts it. It's, right. That was his last video he did, and this is the last single he heard alive, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Cool. It's a great number five. Um, for me, number four, I'm going to go to Ready to Die album. 
Um, I'm going to go probably, this is probably the first song I heard on that album. The first time I heard it. And it, it was just, again, like it was one of those songs where it, it took me, <laughs> it took me a couple times listening to it, understanding that it was, it was him being both people, like both per- persons in the song. And for me, number four is Give Me The Loot. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I, it took, I was like, wait, is that him doing both? Oh shit, that's him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was just more, again, going back to that storytelling. It was like. Like, I was sitting there, like, you know, looking at the Jeep with the girl with the big earrings. Like, you know what I'm saying? She thinks you're a superstar. Ooh, Biggie, let me jack her. Like, it was just, like, like I was sitting there with them, too. Like, on the steps in Brooklyn, wherever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they were talking, and I walked away, and they went to go ahead and do their thing. Like, that's how I felt listening to that song. And just him going back and forth with himself and being able to tell that story but especially the stuff that he was saying, man, it was just like, man, like it was just so powerful for me, man. Because, again, like like growing up, like I've heard a lot of dudes talk like that. You know what I'm no, saying? Yeah. Like, oh, look at that dude. They shine and they think they're a superstar. OK, like, let's go see about that. You know what I mean? And and then it's like in that in that song, he was like, it's, it's hard for me to even put in words, but it was just like he was so. Like you can tell, like it was he was one of them dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can hear songs and think, oh, this dude's like crazy dude. Like, or you can hear songs and then you see later on, like, oh, this dude was totally fake. Like, you know what I mean? But I didn't get that from Biggie. I felt like he, he had those conversations before mm-hmm. with friends of his. And again, going back to like being relatable and all that, like I felt like that song was so relatable to me and my friends and the people who I was hanging around with that it was just man, it had his hooks in me immediately man so my number four ready die album give me the loop great song great song it's not it's not i never i didn't have a struggle with that but like like you said it's not it's gonna be hard to find like a bad biggie song oh yeah i mean but again like for me my list also like puts me in places you know what i'm saying like and again that was the first song i heard so Immediately, that's the first song I think about all the time. No, and I get it. Like it's weird because the combination for me where it can put me in places, but it's also those that just affect. And I feel like, oh, you're speaking to me, and right. it doesn't matter whatever the story is. I relate to that, and so I I hear you on that. And I think "Give Me Loot" is a great song. And I think that's the thing. Like a lot of people can't do that. He's done that many songs too. <laughs> yeah, where it's like he's he's doing he's doing a movie, he's acting out a movie. It's multiple characters, and you're like, is that him? Is that somebody else? Like, who is? Like, and that's the talent that he had. So right. you, you can't go wrong with that. Give Me the Loot is a classic song, though. Yeah, I loved it, man. It just, it's still to this day, I put it, it comes on one of my playlists and I start driving a little faster. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, it's just one of those songs. No, so my number four is also from Ready to Die album. And I go with Everyday Struggle. Ooh, that's a good one. And I go for that one because, A, I love... Something about that, that like saxophone kind of playing, and right. I to me I love that era of hip hop. Maybe my favorite, where you had that late eighties, definitely early nineties, like a tribe called Quest, De La Soul. Oh yeah, a lot of people had that like hip hop and jazz kind of like fusion music going on there. And this is ninety four, and that's kind of like fading. It is, but it's still I love that like it's a throwback to that. Yeah, you know at that time. And I love what he's saying, and I love that he's talking about that mental health, that suicide, that depression, that's knocking on his door. Right. And I think that's kind of what hits where I'm like, yeah, he... And you can hear a lot of Biggie interviews. He felt that. Yeah. From what he did, you know, before he got into hip-hop, 
and then what was going on then when he that beef started with Pac and everything. Just what hip hop was. A lot of shady people in hip hop. Oh yeah, to this day, but way more back then. <laughs> and so I yeah. feel like he kind of always knew, and he kind of was. It was different where I felt like Pac kind of embraced it a little bit, or he was like, yeah, I'm not going to live long. I think it had big scared. Yeah, absolutely. It was fearful, and I think especially that's it's tragic matter what, but I think that's what makes it even sad is I think he was trying to slow down, and he was trying to make those changes before he got killed. And I think this song to me kind of shows like what led to him kind of having those epiphanies where life was moving. It was He was living the fast lane too much, and he was like, if I don't slow down, that's coming at my door and sadly that was true right but this song puts it and i think a lot of people i talk to people who this song kind of motivates them when they are feeling that low when they're feeling suicidal or they're feeling depressed this song kind of has it and kind of in a strange way it gets them going and i understand that though so for me you combo the message and you combo that jazzy kind of beat to it uh everyday struggle is my number four song it's a great song. It's a great, great song. I, I really, I like that song too a whole lot, you know. And again, I like what he was talking about. You mentioned, you know what I'm saying. And I'm not going to add to it too much because you, you did a great job, kind of talking about the song. But again, like talking about relatability, like you know, like that's definitely there with that song. So it's a great number four. Great number four. Um, for me, I'm again. I, I mentioned it earlier. You know, I'm. I'm I love this album. Um, this is one of my favorite songs in this album. This is probably, in my opinion, one of the hardest beats he had in any of his songs. And the way he went in on it was was amazing. We heard the beat earlier. So my number three is Kick in the Door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, And it's just like, again, in, in that song, there's bars in that song that would never leave my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, And even the chorus, like, it, it's just... You know, it's a, it's a chorus that I would never forget, and I can just sing any time of the day. And if I'm in the car, like it's gonna come on, I'm gonna sing the chorus. Like it's just, it's just a really hard song. Just the, the idea behind the song and him, like you know, what I'm saying kicking the doors, whatever, doing all that stuff he's doing in the song, talking about man. But again, for me, it goes to the with the beat as well. So it's like his lyrics in the in the song are so hard, but the beat for me is like just as hard and it's that some when you have that combination it's for me it's like an all-time great song you know what i mean and with some of these with a couple of other songs i have you know that i have left on the list it's the same thing you know what i'm saying and it's just like because you can have really great beats and it just be a good song and you know but with him it with these next for me these next three songs but especially this one kicking the door it was like man like you heard that beat come on even when it came on earlier it stopped you in your tracks it was like man that's a good song like Cause it was, it was one. It's one of my favorite songs. Kicking the door, number three for me. Yeah, and you know that's the thing. And this is not all these artists of that this, of that East Coast West Coast rivalry. We're all great. They're all legends. Right. All of them are Rushmore. Even like the the produced like Dre and, and Puff are Rushmores. And when it comes to like you know, as that producing side, like you got to give them both. I think Dre's a better producer, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting Puff nowhere near Dre. But Puff's a great one, and you know they talk about versus battles, and they're like, who could? It's like Puff and Dre. That's a good versus battle to me, honestly. If you have it, I I think Dre's the, the probably the goat when it comes to producing. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, but you can't tell the story of hip hop without Puff either. Oh, ah, absolutely. So that's where they're both goat. Yeah. Everyone's a goat, whether you like him or don't. Like everyone's a goat. So to me, that's why. But I, only to comment on your last song, Kicking the Door, 
the beats from Dre are great and they're bad in their own way. But when it comes to just uh, that, just just nasty, just in your face, just boom and knocks you on your ass. What was going on in the East Coast to me was better than what was going on the West Coast. The West yeah. Coast had the chill vibe. It had that soul kind of like, you know, oh, the you know, P-Funk All-Star. I love that. It was just great. Yeah, I love it too. But there's something when it comes to, and it depends on what you're into, what your mood is, but you want that intense in your face. Like, I'm getting ready for a fight or something like that. <laughs> right. Or if I was getting ready to like work, you know, a big game. I'm not endorsing people to fight or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, just, we, don't, we don't do that here in Big we, We're all, you know, but I'm saying, like, you know, you get ready for, it could be an MMA match, a football game, a hard workout. A workout, yeah. I'm putting on what was going on in the East. Yeah. I'm putting on Biggie for sure, but I'm even putting on Wu-Tang. Now I'm putting that on over the West, and that's just my opinion here. So Kicking the Door has that. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not restarting this East Coast West Coast. No, we love it. That's on, why I not said not on bigger than the game. That's why but. we we say we talk we call Dre to go. We love everybody. It's just uh, just giving the honest opinion. But my number three is something. It's a it's a legendary producer, DJ Premier. Ah, it's a great one. And it's something that I wish they would have worked more together. He's, he's on my Mount Rushmore. Absolutely, for sure. absolutely, mine too. And it's unbelievable. Ooh, that's my number three. Okay. And I think it might be, it's that coming out song that you get from that Ready to Die album. And it's Biggie pretty much saying, it's that braggadocio. We talk about Biggie self-deprecating. Biggie's cool and he's that, you know, the man. But this is him saying, I'm the best in the game right here. And it's that combo of you get Premier with that beat and you get Biggie on it. And to me, it's legendary. And the lines that Biggie's dropping in that. And he's pretty much saying, I'm taking the crown back. And it's letting not just the, not let, to me, he's not just talking to the coast. He's talking to every artist. Hell, hell you know, yeah. 94 to 95, this is my year. I'm taking hip hop back. I'm the king. I'm claiming this throne. And it's badass. And it's one of those songs that even if you didn't, if you're an artist at that time and you didn't want to admit it, it was over. Deep down, you knew. <laughs> you didn't want to say it publicly or to whoever, but deep down, you're like, damn. How do I keep up with this? And that's what he did unbelievable. And uh, to do it off of an R. Kelly, you know, we talked about the 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 remix. You know, I know R. Kelly is he's you know he's, he's R. Uh, Kelly. He's canceled. Yeah, he's, he's R. canceled. Kelly. But to do you know R. Kelly, your body calling, and you get unbelievable. That's that's genius. By Premier, it's genius by Biggie. So my number three is unbelievable. Great song. I love that song too. Yeah, I, I'm with you on DJ Premier. Premier is the man. You know what I'm saying? Like right now he's, you know, Royce the Five Nine is my probably my favorite artist today. You know? love, yeah, yeah, and he's he does a lot of you know preem beats, so it, it's just it, it's it was a great collaboration. And you're right, like that would have been something really good to see moving forward. You know what I mean? With more songs and yeah, that uh, that's a great song, great song. So I'm at number two, right? Mm-hmm. Again, going back, you know, crazy beat and just the the. I don't, I don't. I'm trying to think of the the word to say, man. The the right adjective to use, and it's just the creativity on like to use a, again a previous beat, a previous song, and just to kind of formulate it to what was going on at this time, right in the '90s and stuff, where he was getting into. For me, my number two, and we open it up, you know, with the episode today is Ten Crack Commandments. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my number two song. It's just again the creativity of doing that, but. And you mentioned it earlier there. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned it. It was like, if you grew up in certain places, 
and that crack epidemic was ha- was hitting you, man. Like, you know, you you heard about all this stuff that he was talking about on those ten crack commandments. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it was just like you eat after each one, and it's like, oh yeah, you can't do that. Yup, you can't do that. Like, you can't do that, and you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And it was just like, man, like it was so creative. It was funny. You know what I mean? Like, but it was still like had that edginess hardcore with it. Attaching it to that beat, it was again, like I'm gonna keep saying that, but it was just like a perfect marriage. And again, like, you know, um Public Enemy, another huge, you know, group. And again, you use Public Enemy on there. It was just it was it's one of my favorite songs, and it was no coincidence we opened up the episode with that beat because again, it was just one of the hardest beats I ever heard. And if you if you sit back and listen to each of those commandments, man, like and if you if you were in that stuff, he was 100% right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, again, number two for me, 10 Crack Commandments. And said not going to be a song that you say is bad. Wait, oh, bad what, being bad, like bad being good. There's not going to be a song that you, okay. that you can say is a bad song on this. Probably, on, on, It's hard to find a bad Biggie song, in my opinion. But one of the ones that I don't really love, it's not bad, but I don't get into a lot. Like, it's just, and everything you said is right. Like it's an important song. It's one that people, if you're younger and you haven't heard, you should hear it. Hell yeah! But it's not one that like it just gets me. It's just like it's like that's a, another track on the album. Oh, but it doesn't hit me. It does ten crack command. It doesn't. That's not one. I'm like instantly change it. But if you skip, I'll be like, yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Oh one. man, all right. I'm being honest. I'm being no, honest. That's, hey, that's fine. Like again, and you can see like. What I also love doing this with you, Jeremy, is more of like you can see our styles, right? Like in these lists, not only this list, but all our lists, you know, what I'm saying movies and we'll, we're, you know, we'll be doing another one very soon. And for me, again, like we can see like our different styles in this. That's why I love doing this, Jeremy, yeah. because, again, like you can see it. And I know there's people listening to this episode where they're like, nah, I, I get what he's talking about, what Jeremy's talking about. Then there's people like listening to this episode, like, what is he? You can never exactly. skip. You can never skip, skip Ten Crack Commandments. So I love. That's why I love doing this with you, man. No, for sure. Um, the this list wasn't too hard for me, honestly. The I'm the opposite. Two, I'm the opposite. Yeah, this was one of the easier lists. Now, what we're going to do the next one, Pop Cult, that was harder. But this one, these two were the toughest ones because. I'm going to go up my number two. I'll say this is my song. I tell people I've been saying it for years. When anyone wants to challenge why Biggie is the greatest, I just say just listen to this song. And then you, if you come, come back with something, you're just being stubborn or yeah, stupid or, you or just, something. You just don't like it. You're just yeah. trying. So I don't even have to, I don't argue with people. I, I have, hey, friend of the show, Robin Moore, different people want to argue Pac over Biggie and different things. And to me, I say this song, number two, Notorious Thugs. Ooh, yeah. Is my number two. And I think for anyone who wants to question Biggie's, and I'm, people don't question his greatness, I don't really hear, but question if he's the GOAT or not. To me, nobody could go on, and we know Bone Thugs. And Bone Thugs. Amazing, did a lot. amazing group. Amazing group. I love Bone Thugs. And there was a period in that mid 90s where they were one of the biggest groups on the planet in any genre. And still, like, have not been matched on style. Like there's exactly. nobody that can do what they did. 
Exactly. And honestly, if they were doing it now, it would be even bigger. Absolutely. Yes. The thing is, like you said, that fast-paced style. Yeah, we had Twister come around, Mystical. They didn't do it like Bone Thugs did. Nah, because Bone Thugs, they, they mixed in some, like, almost like singing. It was harmonizing. Yeah, yeah. So. And the thing is, you hear us talking about Bone Thugs. Biggie on this song outdoes Bone Thugs. He does their style better than them. Which is crazy. And no one else to me, there's no artist you could name that I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm confident that they could do that. So He's I'll, one of one with that. So I'll say this, right? They did a song with Pac, right? Great song, but he could not, he didn't, he, he did not change his style. No. You know what I'm saying? And that was my number five for a while there. And I think, you know, that, that's a great song. I love that song. Um, but he was the only artist that, like you said, like was able to keep up with them and match their style. A lot of you go back and listen to a lot of their songs where, you know, they had a lot of collaborations with other artists. The other artists stayed the same. But that's the thing, Jose. I don't think he matched him. He he's the best verse on. He did. Be, and they were great on that song. Yeah. But it's a drop down when he's done. He opens it. And I think that's the thing. If he it's great if he matched them. I would still be like this at the top. Why is the song that I say proves he's the GOAT? It's because he outdid them. Absolutely. And I don't even know of an equivalent. Yeah, you know, that's just like, I don't know, if, if if you know, Whitney Houston sung in a way like someone else, like she did their style that was totally unique and did it better than them. Like, I don't even know how to compare that. It's like he outdid them. And they did great on that. That's a great song. It's a top great song. To, it's a six-minute track, top to bottom. But there's a drop-off once he's done because he just kills it. And what he's talking about, referencing the beef with pot, like it's yeah. all those things. So-called beef with you know who, like, and then it's just that's the song. That's why it was a while. I was like number one, but I'm like, no, I'm not gonna give it number one. But it is the song that I tell people to listen to if you ever want to question, like, and people have done that. Biggie's not the greatest. I say listen to that song and tell me he's not the greatest. Number two, Notorious Thugs. Great song. I love that song, too. It's a great song. Shout out my man, Bill McKinney from Cleveland, man. I know we talked about the land. And every time I... Oh, yeah. Every time I, Bill. I, every time I talk about... Every time I hear Bone Thugs, I send him a little text or whatever. But, no, I like... I, I, I'm with you, everything you said. You know what I'm saying? Like, And what I mean by match, I just meant match their style. You know what I'm saying? Like, And it's just nobody can do it. Nobody did it before him or after him. He was the only person. And that's what made that song so special. It was like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Like, he's rhyming like Bone Thugs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it was just like, eh, it was just, he was And the beat's so hard, too. And the beat is, is amazing. And we had it on earlier. And yeah. I was glad, like, but the beat's just. Yeah, it's a sick ass It's a Bone Thugs type of beat, too. Right, right. That piano, like, opening, like, and it's just, I, I love that song. Like, it never will get old. Nope. It's what I need. Some, I play it going to work in the morning just to get, like, amped to this day so sorry but number two notorious thugs for me no nah, no nah, you're good no, no no need to be sorry so yeah this was a tough one man my well it was tough for me to get these five in there right because again I, I i had notorious thugs in there and i have um a couple other like honorable mentions but for me number one was easy and it's like every time i hear it it's like ah oh, yeah like you know what i'm saying like i love this song and it's just like immediately how it opens up it's like all-time classic, and it's not Biggie, it's Puffy opening it up, and um, it, it's just like, it, the beat is just so crazy, and with the shit he's talking about on there, 
it just it just blew my mind. And my number one song is Who Shot You? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just like as we proceed to mm. give you what you need, like I I don't care where I'm at, I hear that song, and I'm gonna stop for a minute, like, ah, oh, this is my shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just, you know, Sash like heartbeat, like Sasquatch feet. Like it's just the the stuff that he's talking about in there, man. Like it, it's just Again, I'm having tough word. I'm t- I'm having tough way like to find words to kind of like formulate and this stuff like and it's just like, dun, dun, like, dude, I'm about to just start going in, man. Nah. I'm, about to, I'm about to turn this into a studio, Taylor. Like, no, but this is again like this beat right here is just it's a classic beat, man. All time classic beat and and again like he, him going in on it, him mentioning the Tupac stuff in this song as well. I was li- going to ask you that. Yeah. They say they Biggie till his dying day said no. Puff said no. Pac said that, absolutely. That helped to elevate. It was right. already there after that shooting, November yep. of '94 at the studio. But um, yeah, I, I was, was going to ask you. Do you think? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I think so. Like, you know what I mean? Because again, like Pac was talking all this crazy stuff to him, man. And then again, the song was already like apparently the song was already written and all that. But he dropped it a little bit after all that stuff happened, and it was just like a really weird coincidence of. You know, like, and then just listen. If you listen to the song, like, it can it can seem like he's talking directly to somebody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so again, a lot of his songs were like this, but it was just a lot of coincidences happening with Pac being shot in Quad Studios. Like, you know, Biggie being there. You know what I'm saying? Like, and all that's that's kind of started this East Coast West Coast stuff, and that ultimately led to both of them, you know, being assassinated. Man, so who shot you? My number one, man. Love this song. I, I think this. It's hard for me not to say that it wasn't. Now, granted, at this point, when this song's released, Pox in jail, he got convicted. Right. So he's away. And Which but, makes it even worse, man, to hear this shit. Yeah, and, but up Pac somewhere. was talking. Pac yeah. was talking, you know, we had that classic Vibe magazine interview. Yeah. Um, Pac gave that thing, that classic where he's getting caught, you know, put out on the stretcher. You know, he he gave that finger. That finger was not for the media. That finger was for Big and Puff and everybody. Yeah, like it was on after that. So for sure. to me, I'll say this: if you say it's not for him, you are the ones who decide what you release. Yeah. So then, why would you release it then? So to me, at minimum, you're just stupid then, because why the hell not? And I know he says about rival drug, which I can see that being. But like you said, Jose, and I agree, it sounds like you're talking right at somebody. Yeah. And Biggie, we, we talked about earlier, he knows how to do the whole back and forth thing. There's no back and forth. He's talking right at somebody. Who shot you? And yeah. I do think, like, yeah, that was his response. Yeah. And, you know, and granted, I, I don't believe they were a part. This is me. They were a part of that. I don't think so either. Other things. Eh? I don't know if you want to get into that one day or later. We, whatever. We, we could, but not right but now. Yeah. For that, I don't think they were a part of it. I do. There's mixed things. It's weird because they're, what they say, how they treated him when he got shot and they saw him in the studio was different. But how they look when they walk out of the studio, when you see Puff and Big walk out, it looks like they knew something. They look like guilty. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think they knew what happened and yeah. who did it. They just, you know. But that's how that the way is. you go. You can't say nothing. Yeah, you know. And that's that the thing. And that's why it was a tough situation because. You know both sides. I know you do. I know I do. Where it's like, that's how you you can't be nah. whatever. But when you're the one who's shot, you don't care about that. Right. You say, help me. Oh, I'm shot. Like So it's like it's a it's a lose-lose, sadly, just either way. And, but. and I, I've read and I've seen like 
you know, documentaries and stuff about so much about this, yeah. man. And again, like people were saying, like, it's not even the part that Pac may have thought like they set him up, but they didn't want to tell him who it was. Mm-hmm. And that's what really like drove that stake between their friendship. And it was on after that. That was when the East Coast, West Coast beef started right it there, man. It blew up, and this song's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, but it's my number one. I love it's this song. It's a great choice. This yeah. was the only hard one that first honorable mention, it's this one. Yeah. It's the, for a lot, for the historical, what it meant, but also it is a great song. I sadly wish he didn't release it. I don't know. I know, loved it at the time. Maybe I things, was like, yeah. I, for me, it's go. like maybe it was inevitable. I don't know, I, but it escalated stuff worse and to what we know what happened to both of them so that's where it's always tough for me but it's a great song and it's an intense one and it's in your face and it's classic biggie so my number one i mean to me as far as just how brilliant it is i had it i couldn't help but mention it earlier but it is warning and i'm gonna go with that for number one just because nothing wrong with that man to me it's just the way he lyrically put things together in that song the storytelling, the way it's a movie, the way I'm picturing, and I'm seeing someone going back and forth, giving him that call, and I know what that is, and that fear, and that whole, he's taking that story, and you feel all, it's an emotional roller coaster for this song. Yeah. And I think it just shows that brilliance, and that's what these two songs, to me, are, and every song, all 10 of them that we've named, and there's so many more, you know that we've named and that we haven't named that can show why to me he's the goat but these two for me are that that flip side of like just lyrically and just that style and storytelling who can do that that that's not easy and that's not a knock on other MCs no no it's not hard at all. to then to rhyme but then to do like hey it's two different characters talking to each other but you're doing both that's hard to do but he could do it and so that's why I think this song to me is my number one um, and I talked about it earlier, so I'm not gonna go on and on. But Warren's number one for me. I, I love this song. I'm just you were talking, and I'm just like singing the song in my head. Yeah. Man. I heard you blowing up like nitro. I like, mean, you look at man. I forget what year, but it was in the 2000s, the MTV VMAs when Puff did that tribute. Yeah, and he had the orchestra playing, and then Snoop comes, and he's wearing the Biggie shirt, and Snoop's doing like the Puff part where Puff, you know, is talking in the video, like with the orchestra. Yeah, with like a fancy orchestra, it was brilliant. Yeah, like, was, that was good. I, I I enjoyed that. You know, it was good. Like that was like an end of the the beef right there. But it was also just like that's how great this song is, and there's a reason. Like you, you pick that. Like other thing is also with um with this song, which I kind of thought I wish he would have had. Actually, no, the brilliance is him doing it by himself. But like really, besides like the one track with Method Man, this album is just Biggie. Yeah, and that's another thing too. You know, yeah. like this great album, and that Method Man song is not a bad one. No, I love that song too. But that's not even like a oh, like, but that's really the only future. And like, other than that, this is Biggie. Yeah, that was a great song too. You know, and Method Man killed that too. Like, and Method I got Man more was rising, texting yeah. you. Mm-hmm. That's the shit. Great yeah. song. Yeah. So, but this, this to me is like, a lot of people would have had someone feature and do this, or at nah. least someone else. But nah, this was Biggie. So, uh, number one for me is Warning. Nah, it's a great song. Great, great song. And it, like, so I, I'll be honest, like, uh, let me see, one, two, two of your top five were all my honorable mentions. Like, I, I had so many, dude. Like, it was just crazy, man. Um, One song, it wasn't on any of his albums, but it was one of my favorite songs that he was with, 
Brooklyn's finest with Jay Z. Yeah. Like with them two going back and forth. And I didn't put that. I didn't want to again because I, I it was not on his album, so I didn't want to do that. But I just wanted to put that out there. You know what I'm saying? No, that's the, a great one. Yeah, because them two going back and forth, man. Get it to Pox. Like it was just them two. They were at the Biggie was at the height of his stuff. Jay Z was just coming on, and but talk about if he would have lived. Talk about albums. I'm dumb too. Would have did and songs. Don't you know? They would have done like man. Yeah. That would have been insane right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Even honestly, years later when they had you know running with Pac and Biggie, right? And Biggie's lines on that, like yeah. that, and that's him. That's posthumously he's gone. Like that's how crazy it is. Like the lines he has on things like way after you know the victory song like it's just different things like and that's another one for me man like personally is it's in a song that it, i love and, and he and that's the thing when can you say biggie's been outdone yeah there's no other artist that i haven't heard be on a song that i'm like as great as they are someone else did it you got outdone on this song and it happens to everybody we all take l's biggie has no l's yeah. You can't point a song on that. I don't hear. I'm like, yeah, he's the best on this song. And doesn't mean that other people aren't great on it, but like, he's not. He's if at most he's one A. Like you know, flavoring your ear. Like he's the best. But LL's yeah. great on that too. I like. But <laughs> yeah, like, he is. He's not taking a bet. Biggie's not like. I'm not like Biggie got the L on that one. Nah, there was no L's. It's like Biggie wins all. Like that's just. And even the stuff like you said, the stuff that came out afterwards. Like the rap phenomenon, I love that song yeah. with, with Red Man, Method Man. You know, um, he did a song with M- well, he but Eminem did a song with Biggie on it. It was that was a he great wins. song. That was a great song. Um, yeah, it was it was. Yeah, he he he's he's the fucking man. Like I don't know what else to say. So I'll give you one more of my um, honorable mentions. Victory was on there. I love Victory, man. Again, for personal reasons, I had a friend of mine pass away. Shout out. Rest in peace, Raymond. And um, that was his favorite song. And we would go places, me and all my friends. I, I can't shout them all out because I'll forget somebody. But um, like we would put, yo, put that, there you go, put victory on. I'm about to start crying in here, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but um, that just, it's just like, it was his favorite song right before he passed. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's just, is always special. That's a special song to me. We put that on. It might have been some furniture moving. Um, <laughs> my last one. Um, suicidal thoughts. Yeah, I love that song, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was because, for me personally, man, it was just at a time in my life, man, when stuff was was different. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, it wasn't how it is today. You know what I mean? And it's just not that I had suicidal thoughts. I'm not gonna put that out there, but it's just like the stuff he's talking about. And even like he opened the song up, and I, I had a, I, I wanted to pull the lyrics up, even though I, I kind of know them by heart, but. Just how you open a song up. It's like, when I die, fuck it, I want to go to hell. Because I'm a piece of shit. It ain't hard to fucking tell. Don't make sense. Make, wait. Don't make sense going to heaven with the goody goodies dressed in white. I like black Tims and black hoodies. Like, damn, man. Like, That's, yeah. This dude, man, was, was and Taylor, thank you, man, Taylor, for that. And, um, it, dude, like, this, he was insane, man. You know what I'm saying? And I love black Timberlands, too. Like, but he was just think about that part right there and it's just like and I could keep going but I don't want to oh you know no that's saying? the thing <laughs> you know what I mean like and it's just that's the hardest nuts. part of it I want it to for every song is do that but then I'm like that that will be here all night like yeah, just yeah. point out because then you don't want to stop right because then it's like oh yeah but this line but that line you know when it comes to warning towards I can keep but I'm like I gotta stop 
yeah. for the good of the show. If we were off there, I'd we'd just be going. So give me some of your honorable mentions if you have a couple. You kind of named a, a few right. of them, honestly. You know, Suicidal Thoughts was on mine. Uh, the Flavoring Year remix, honestly. It's, uh, a, it's an all-time classic. Yeah. It, and Brooklyn's Finest was there for me as well. Uh, One More Chance. Yeah, yeah. And you we know, talked about it before the episode. It was like, there's some song, One More Chance, Juicy. And honestly, just because it's... it's Those are all-time greats, too. That that beat, just it is just smooth. It's just immaculate. It's swimming in women. That's, and that's my shit. And it's just like, yeah, like that's that's like the song. Like When you think of it, it's the song, like, we like, yo, I made it. Like, I can't, like that's, that's the song you're going to put on. Yeah. And how big that is in pop culture. And even, like, honestly... When Ashanti did that for Foolish, I wanted to be like, come on. Like, yeah. But then I'm like, it's such a badass beat. I can't knock it either. And like the video was good for that. Oh, the video was awesome. Yeah, the Goodfellas thing, you know, I was like, it was great. So it was like, I can't oh, knock I'm talk- it. I'm talking about Biggie's video for Oh, that. both. Biggie's video is great. I'm talking about the Ashanti. Yeah. I, I wanted to knock it because I'm like, you didn't even really change it. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. But then I'm like, it's that badass. Like, I can't blame you. And like, she does, she did her thing on it too and stuff. But it's, it's, I'm gonna give you that. Uh, I said we talked about the victory. Like there's a lot of them that we kind of already didn't went through. So it, it's it, it's honestly just it, it's too many to name. Honestly, with Big, and so I got to give him that one. You know, uh, I think Partying Bullshit's a great song. Honestly, I really do. Yeah, like that was my last one. Yeah, like I I think that's and that was on. I can't remember what album that was on. And I, oh, I'm so mad right now. I can't think about it. But that was on a different album. Yeah, like a bad boy, like a bad boy kind of a thing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't I remember it. But it was it was very obviously early on. It was his first song that came out. That was his first song put out, and it was on a different album. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, that's and and if again, like if you were growing up in that time, like you can relate to all that stuff he was talking about, like yeah. the partying and how parties fights started parties, and you're trying to chill with the girls and like. It's yeah. just, it was just a the cool real fun love song. remix too with Mary J. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, and that's around the same time. Real yeah, love yeah, remix yeah. and yeah, the party. Yeah. That's like ninety two. Yep. That's like when you first people nationally are hearing about. Yeah, Biggie. that's like Puff really like putting Mary J. Blige out she's there. She's the first bad she's boy. She's the first bad boy artist. Yeah. So um, yeah, those. I mean, we can keep going. And yeah. Part me wants to, but we we got another episode to record. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Jose this was uh this was fun this was special and it was needed because I feel like you said earlier we left a lot on the bone you know with the Tupac one because we were in that transition with the studio and trying to get established it wasn't like when we were at home doing the shows so we were like damn we should have done more for Tupac and um I think that definitely was a good motivation for this one that we wanted to pay and Tupac deserved it too. He deserved the longer one, and we'll probably touch on him in the future. Yeah, yeah. But Biggie for sure deserved like you know our respects, and that's a day. There's certain you know September seventh for Pac, March 9th for Biggie. I don't forget those days. You know April first for Marvin Gaye. Like yeah, those are the days and that I, stick out. And I'll say this: March 9th, I remember like it was me too this morning me you know too. what I'm saying I know exactly where I was at Same. I know exactly who I was with we were playing football Cardinal Doherty High School and I was with Sex and Duck in the car and, and Miguel walked up to us guess what and I was like and it just stopped me right there and that shit hurt like you know what I mean it was a different 
with, I didn't feel like that when Pac when it happened. He had Pac. days too with Pac. Right. Like this was like boom and this wasn't no social media. Like there was no it was like word of mouth and it just like hit us all. We were all like that. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, damn man, like Oh yeah. It was tough. Man. It was early for me it was early in that morning. It was early ready in the morning, yep. Because it was having the West Coast and um my brother listened great and he we were getting ready for school. He told me and it did. It stopped it and it I want people to hear this. I know you know it's going to sound dumb, but this is me as a young kid. Right. It was when Pac dying had was sad, but when this happened, it was like this 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 has gone too far. Right. And I'm not, I know now you're like, well, shouldn't it have been that way when Pac died? Yeah, but as a kid, it's just like what? But like when this happened, I was like, what? Y'all making music here? Like you know what I mean? Like come on now. And it was like that. That was when like. And a lot of people had these thoughts afterwards. Is hip hop going to die out? Like when you have Pac's death and then six months later, Big, two the the two shining stars in hip hop going so tragically, people were worried. Like, is hip hop going to is this going to ruin hip hop? And that that was a thought for obviously we know that wasn't true, right? But um, yeah, I a lot of people remember. benefited from that. Yeah, sadly, like Puff Daddy. But um, <laughs> well, that's my thing with Puff. Yeah. Um. I know Big's a grown man. Right. And Big wanted, you know, he wanted to show he was cool with Cali. Should have, there's two things. Puff should, and he said the one part should have been like, no, we don't go there. Well, we he wanted go. him to go there. So it's, Puff said I, that he, there was talk, Biggie wanted to go. Puff said that he had talked to him, and then he was like going back, he wanted him, and then he said, oh, we should go to London, but he didn't like harp on it. I, I think you should have harped on it. And then to me, what happened? Afterwards, when Puff was like, we're not saying, he just, like, bailed. And a lot of, like, people in, like, Junior Mafia and stuff, they were like, we're not leaving our brother, but, you know, we're staying with him. Puff was gone. Those are things that were hard to swallow for me with him with that, to be honest. So there's, there's a, and I know we're wrapping up, but there's, like, a his form. I don't know if it was his former bodyguard or, I can't remember who it was. They were talking about this, and they were saying, like, how, and again, I don't, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to. Put, is it Wolf? So, I don't remember. Wolf. I don't Wolf remember. was Puffs. He's gone remember. now. But yeah, it, it was just like he was talking about, like how you know, like Puff really wanted was pushing big to go out there, and like it was like the total opposite of what you were just talking about. And you know, like it, it's just a lot of stuff. And again, I don't want to put false stuff out there, but um, yeah, it was just a bad situation. But I, I almost had a, a total different reaction how what you were talking about. Like I, I was more of like. Man, like these dudes that we look up to, man, like, and I'm not saying they're the best people to look up to, but at the time, that's who I was looking up to, right? And it was like, man, like, I almost felt hopeless, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, look at this, man. Like, they're just pull up, they're just killing all the people that we really look up to and love. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was just, it was just really. That's why it was like sad as hell, man. Well, that's you know what, what I'm saying. saying. Like, I'm saying that too. Okay, like, I got you. I got yeah, you, I got you. like it was like, they, this, this is, this is going. Like, what am I like? I'm, it, it blurred the line of like the evening news. Cause everybody knows my family from down south. They're like, man, we go up to Philadelphia to visit. Somebody got killed every day. So yeah. it's like, uh, this is the music. And now it's like, what's the difference between what I'm seeing on the evening news or CNN yeah. and what I'm watching on BET and MTV? And that's the, the thing. Like, it was no, it was like, this is going too far here. Where like, it, 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 that's what it takes. You know, why would you want to get into this? To me, is what I was looking right. at, and it it was it was it hit you, and it was tough. And yeah. it, and for a kid, it's sad now, but 
it was hard to watch that hypnotized video. Yeah, yeah. Because for a minute, I'm like, he's still around. And then you get that reminder that he's not. But it, it was like good and bad. It was like, oh, I feel like he's still here, but he, he he's not. Yeah, so then you hear tough. going back to Cali and you're like, but you get you have to cringe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, it, it, it's, and he was bumping. And that was Big's arrogance, too. Right. Yeah, he was bumping that out there. But he was trying, you know, he had the car accident and he was trying, it's like he had an epiphany, he was trying to slow down. And that's sad. There's interviews where right before he was like, he had the son and he wanted to raise his son, wanted to be a good dad. Crazy thing is he bumps into Shaq and Shaq tells him like, yo, man, be careful out here. Like yeah. you know, Shaq just signed, you know, with the Lakers, you know, that's his first year out there. And he's telling Big to be careful. And yeah. they were cool. Yo, Big was yeah, on the song, yeah. you know, so Shaq warns him. Yeah. And, and he's like, and he's on the radio out there. Like it was just not a, it was it was a lot of like cringeworthy things. Yeah, and I think that's where it's like someone. I wish, and maybe like I said, you don't know some things right. are inevitable. Maybe you couldn't have talked them out of it. I don't know, but I just wish someone would have. But you know, it, it's still. Uh, I'm thankful for the memories. I'm thankful for the music. I wish he was still here. Same with Pac. Same with yeah. Big L. Same with Big Pun. Same with a lot of people. Um, sadly, we can go on and on. Yeah, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. But I wish they were here to reap to see the benefits of what they did. You know, honestly. But it was something that like I said at the beginning of the show. It could have been if we would have had a two month break. It didn't matter that it was three weeks. This episode was still needed because he's that important to both of us yeah. and to the culture. So, nah, well said, my brother. I, I don't. I'm not going to add anything to that. Great job, man. But. So for the man, the myth, the legend, the notorious J-O-S-E, Jose <laughs> Ruiz, for Taylor on the turntable. Great I'm job, Jeremy dude. Dove. Good job, man. Thanks for listening to Bigger Than the Game. Take care. Peace.